My guest today on Ken Drew's Real Dirt inspires me to believe that there's a bright future for horticulture in America. Crystal Katie has been working as a professional in horticulture for half her life, and that's especially impressive when you learn that she's barely 31 years old. Today we're going to hear about Crystal's life in the garden industry and plans for the future in the Salem, Oregon area. I am happy to welcome Crystal Katie to Ken Drew's Real Dirt. Great, thanks Ken. Where to begin? Well, I guess in the beginning, tell me about your history with plants. Well, I uh, had the uh, fortunate luck of growing up next door to one of the largest garden centers in the Portland area. And as, you know, a 10 and 11-year-old kid, I'd get off the, the bus, run home, drop my school bag, and run on over to the garden center. I only lived about a couple blocks away, and I just I became a fixture there. I loved hanging out there. Um, I would constantly wander the greenhouses, look at the plants, um, you know, meander their gift shop. Any money I saved, I would you know, buy a plant here or there, or, you know, started my own little mini water garden in a tub in the backyard, (laughs) buy little gift items. Um, I mean, I just, I loved it. I spent years hanging out there, and the owner there, you know, had seen how much I loved it. I mean, I'd go in, you know, on the weekends and just box pansies for the, you know, ladies that would come through with a cart full of plants, and, you know, I thought nothing of it. I just had a blast doing it, and so the owner there, he always, you know, told me, the day you turn 15, you got a job here. The day you turn 15, and sure enough, that you know, the day I turned 15, that following spring, I was working there at the garden center, so. The, well, that's a great story. That's incredible. So you had a little garden of your own, too. Yeah, we, we always, you know, gardened growing up. Um, you know, we'd had a big vegetable garden. My dad and I always planted um, big, tall sunflowers. I loved that. Um, and, you know, I just would plant little flowers in my mom's flower boxes or, you know, anything I could just to kind of plant around and learn how to grow. Well, that started with that, but uh, over the years you've gotten more and more serious about horticulture, and I know you've gone to school for it. Um, What, well, what did you go to school for? Yeah, um, I've always been, you know, very, um, I've always valued my education and always put as much effort in as I could. I mean, even in high school, I was taking you know, AP classes as a as a junior and the regular classes. And, you know, when I first started in school, my focus was hospitality. I always thought I'd be a, a flight attendant or something. <laughs> but then once I started hanging out at the garden center, I just I love plants and came to learn that our uh, school, our high school, actually had a horticulture program. So, hmm. you know, I went through the, the hospitality bit for the first couple of years and then spent my last year of high school doing um, the horticulture program, which was a lot of fun. And... Um, from there, you know, like I said, I was always a pretty good student. Um, I actually graduated high school a year early, so I didn't even go to my senior year. Instead, uh, I started right at community college and enrolled in their horticulture program there and worked on my uh, associate's degree. Of course, you know, all while working at the garden center. And <laughs> I, I can hardly imagine. <laughs> yeah, so eventually, you know, after, after uh, kind of finishing my degree there, I moved down to uh, Corvallis, Oregon, because I knew I would want to pursue my, my bachelor's degree in, hort- in horticulture as well. You know, I kind of spent a couple years, took a couple years off from school uh, after I finished my associates and started working at a nursery there in Corvallis, um, you know, to save up some money so that way I could apply to Oregon State and, um, you know, be able to pay for my books and whatnot. So. Um, when I moved down to Corvallis, I started working for one of the largest garden centers in Oregon, uh, Garland Nursery, and I spent, you know, probably a total of 10 years there almost, um, yeah. if you count my years during college and then my years when I came back. Um, but, yeah, I finally um, had saved up enough money and 
applied to Oregon State in fall of 2004. I started there and got my horticulture degree. Um, so I got a degree in horticulture science, and then I also um, added in a botany and a business uh, minor as well. Well, we're going to talk about your business minor in a minute. But all through this, now you're very busy. You're going to school. You're raising money. You're working nearly full-time and part-time, but also you've been volunteering through this whole time, too, and volunteering to help promote the the garden industry. Yeah, yeah, I've been, you know, I've been doing that for uh, quite a long time, um, especially the last five to six years. Um, you know, I've always been kind of involved. Uh, we have a, a very great association here in Oregon called the Oregon Association of Nurseries, you know, as many states do have associations. Um, but ours is, is definitely very well known across the United States, very strong and active in the industry, um, you know, to support the retailers, the growers, allied suppliers. And I just, you know, I always took a liking to it. I've always worked for companies that have uh, been members and have supported it. And so fortunately, I was able at a very young age, you know, 15, 16, 17, to start going to, you know, meetings that the chapters would put on to learn more about, you know, what's going on in the industry. Um, you know, I started attending the Far West Show. Um, which is our big green industry trade show when I was 16. So, you know, I knew that right then and there, you know, I kind of started, I, I knew I wanted to be a part of the OAN somehow, you know, eventually someday. And so I always, you know, kind of attended meetings, you know, um, while I was going to school, different things like that to stay involved that way. Um, and I actually started helping out a little bit on the education committee um, because they have a scholarship program that I actually earned many scholarships you know, during my early days in college, so I kind of wanted to help back, or help with that and give back, and so I started there, and then in 2008, um, it was when I really got involved and got my feet wet when I came back and took a manager position at uh, Garland Nursery after moving to Bend for a few years after college. I'm currently the retail chapter president for the Oregon Association of Nurseries, um, and I've been serving on the Yard, Garden, and Patio Show Committee, which is our big consumer show that we put on every year, uh, February, March. And I was a committee member for many years, and I guess my time came, <laughs> and I uh, was voted or nominated to be the chair of the show. So um, last year and this coming year for 2014, um, I've been uh, serving as the uh, Yard Garden and Patio Show chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, among who knows what else I tend to... You know, I know. Now I have like 12 <laughs> questions to ask you. Tell us about the Far West Show. Um, the Far West Show is is the industry trade show on the West Coast, really. It's the, the largest um, show of green goods and, you know, uh, supplies, uh, hard goods-related items for, for gardening, whether you're a grower or a retailer bringing supplies into your garden center for consumers. Um, you know, it's a great trade show. It takes place at the uh, convention center there in Portland. And, I mean, I, you know, it's I've been going for years. I remember back when we were kind of in the glory days, you know, and the show was so big that the waiting list was a mile long, you know, we'd have 50, 60 people on the waiting list just to get in. Of course, that was all when the economy was, you know, booming before yeah. the kind of the downturn, but um, the show has still remained very strong. It's grown in many different ways and attracted, you know, new audiences such as, you know, myself. I mean, back going when I was younger, I never saw anybody my age. And really in the past three to five years, I've started to see a lot of other um, individuals my age coming, and, you know, they've actually been providing avenues for us young folks to get together. They have a young professionals uh, get-together, and so it's it's a great show. There's lots of education there. Um, this year they had out some really great speakers, some other young folks that I 
you know, are considered my cohorts in this industry that I look up to. Um, you know, Jared Barnes came out and spoke. He was featured um, on the podcast as well a couple weeks ago. He's mm-hmm. a great guy. So it's, it's a very good show, and I love attending. I, I always, you know, make lots of great connections, learn lots of new things, and, of course, get to see all the, you know, great new plants on the show floor. Wow. Uh, when is that show held? That show is um, the weekend. It's usually the third weekend in August. It always is the last oh. full weekend before Labor Day. And is it open to the public? Um, it is. I mean, more you know, more or less. If you wanted to purchase a ticket, you could certainly go into the trade show. Um, it's generally for the industry, but you know, we've had um, you know, we have master gardeners that come and attend. You know, people that are in parks and rec and things like that. So, you know, certainly the public could go in as as um, you know, just a gardener if they wanted. Now, tell me about the patio show that you were describing that you're you're the chair of. Yeah, so the Yard Garden and Patio Show has been going on for many, many years now. I think, gosh, almost 30. Um, and uh, that is a very large uh, retail-centered show in Portland. Um, you know, we have hundreds and hundreds of booths just kind of right at the kickoff of spring, full of plants, you know, gorgeous color, um, everything anybody could get their hands on, garden supplies, tools. Um, you know, we have the, they'd say probably the, one of the biggest features of the show that people come for is these beautiful, beautiful landscapes. Um, we call them kind of display gardens that the um, you know the the show staff the, the the landscapers and the designers spend you know the entire week putting these monstrous display gardens together. I don't think people really realize you know how much goes into mm-hmm. it. And um, you know we usually have seven to eight gardens and they're just amazing. I mean you go in and you can spend you know hours just walking the gardens alone and looking and seeing what you know everybody's done, getting ideas and getting inspired. And where where and when is that held? Uh, that is also at the convention center, and that uh, date tends to rotate, but it's usually towards the end of February. Mm. So. A winter show when we all need to see plants more than anything. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of gets everybody excited for spring. I'm really well, pe- excited about this year's dates with it being at the at the end of February, early March. It's kind of kind of getting ready when everybody gears up around here. Well, I have to see that show <laughs> someday. <laughs> it's a good show. It's a very great show. <laughs> well, you're talking about Oregon and. Uh, I think some people in America, and certainly listens, listeners to the show, know that Oregon is a place that a lot of plants are grown. But for people who don't know, uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit of the history of the giant nurseries in in Oregon. Because it's really, when we see the, a really gorgeous evergreen in our local garden center, very often these plants come from Oregon. Yeah, that's that's true. Actually, you know, it's funny you wouldn't you wouldn't believe it, but about 80% of the plants that are grown here in Oregon are actually shipped out to the Midwest, to the East Coast. I mean, they're not even kept in state. Um, you know, which is amazing. I mean, the, the nursery industry here is, um, you know, nearing back to almost you know it used to be about a billion dollar industry back when things were really booming. But I think we're getting kind of getting close back to that again. Things have definitely grown over the last year and a half. But um, you know, I consider Oregon here. We consider it nursery country. Um, just because you can, you can go any direction in Oregon, and you're going to hit nurseries. Whether you, you know, go out, out east towards the gorge, you're going to hit nurseries out in Damascus. I mean, there's tons of great growers out there. You can head south. You can head out to wine country. No matter where you go, you're definitely going to, you know, come across a nursery. Whether it's, you know, trees in the field, whether it's pot and pot, whether it's shrubs, uh, bare root. Um, I mean, Oregon's so nice with our, our, you know, our zone here. We're about zone six, and you can. You can really grow almost anything. Um, 
I mean, of course, you're not going to find a lot of the tropicals and stuff per se here, mm-hmm. but, you know, anything that most of us grow from the East Coast to the West Coast, um, we're fortunate to be able to grow here all year round and, and not have a lot of problems with, you know, big freezes or anything like that. It's kind of, you know, mild, a little bit mild. Um, so you know, right now we're enjoying a, a fabulous fall. I keep I keep having to stop myself in my car because I'll be driving and, you know, I'm staring off the road and all these great <laughs> fields of trees that are turning colors. Oh, and I'm like, well. oh, my gosh, <laughs> darn it, Oregon's just too beautiful. <laughs> I remember years ago I saw a directory of nurseries in Oregon, and it was like three inches thick. It was a, a printed directory. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, and that, and that still exists. So, you know, we have people that it's actually put out by the Oregon Association of Nurseries, and we have people every year they will come to the Far West Show and lug that big, thick directory home. But, of course, all that information is uh, now online, and actually in the past year we've done a really great job of getting that available not only to folks inside the industry but as well as um, home gardeners. They can look up any plant and be able to find a nursery that's got wow. an area. Well, you mentioned glory days, and that's something that I was interested in talking to you about. Uh, and you've, you've sort of alluded to it, the softening of the industry and the health of the industry. And I know a lot of the nurseries have you know, filed for bankruptcy and things have been pretty tough. Uh, do you find a softening in the interest in gardening? Do I find, sorry, say that again? Do you find that there's a kind of a softening among the general public in the interest of gardening? Um, I, y- yes and no. I think that, you know, the general term gardening, um, people who, you know, haven't really done it before, or haven't gotten into it, they think labor, hard work, oh, my grandma used to do that, I don't want to do that. Um, but I think it's taken on new directions. Um, for example, you know, the, the vegetable and the whole edibles in the last five years, we've gotten a lot of new people into gardening just mm-hmm. because they wanted to grow their own vegetables. Um, you know, if you look at fairy gardens, uh, I mean, that's a whole new avenue of people who never gardened before, and here they're getting into gardening because of, you know, the little miniatures or their kids or um, whatnot. So I, I think there's definitely, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we're losing our audience by any means. Mm-hmm. I think that we're just having to be a little bit more creative and learn how we can pull people into gardening, you know, show them that it's fun. It's not hard work. It's not what your grandma used to do, you know, 50 years ago out laboring all day long to, you know, harvest produce for the family. That there's there's a lot more you can do. And, um, you know, especially with young families um, buying new homes, um, you know, they're wanting to decorate their homes. They're wanting their landscape to look pretty. They want to sit, you know, and enjoy it. And so, you know, you're seeing a lot of uh, young folks come in that way. Well, you're talking. You talked about um, growing food, which of course is a growing interest, and mm-hmm. also fairy gardens, which out here where I am in the Northeast, that's no one even knows what that is, but I know it's coming. Um, yeah. But th- those two things, uh, growing food and and growing miniature gardens, isn't really going to help the Oregon nursery industry enough. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you did mention also that I guess it is tied so much to the economy. People stopped building homes, and so they stopped right. landscaping homes. And now that that's improving, maybe it'll improve for for the industry as well. Yeah, and we've definitely seen you know that kind of start to take off here. And you know, you're, I mean, you're right. You know, the general kind of overview of new parks going in, new subdivisions, commercial buildings, et cetera. You know, with with that slowing down, that definitely. Um, 
you know, it's kind of hurt our industry over the last few years, but we are starting to see that pick up again with the economy pick up. Um, you know, and growers here are having shortages of, you know, the different plants that they were running long on the last few years. And now, you know, everywhere you look, there's shortages of, you know, whether it's a tree, whether it's a common landscape plant, um, you know, and even the hot new edibles that I was talking about. I mean, growers are running out of these great new, you know, container raspberries and blueberries because people are picking up on it. Well, that's that's heartening. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> well, I want to hear about your plans for the future, and I also have to have you tell me about your world famous, your famous hanging baskets and container plantings. But wh- tell me what's going to happen to Crystal Katie. Well, so my dream has always been to own my own uh, retail garden center. You know, ever since I started hanging out at the garden center in Portland when I was a kid, I thought, that's it. I'm going to own my own. Um, you know, and of course, back then I envisioned what I worked at, just a you know, couple acre little garden center. Well, over the years, you know, my um, involvement in gardening and, and what I would do at my home has grown immensely. Um, you know, my house that we just moved from in Albany that we lived at for many years, um, we had an acre there, and you bet I put that acre to use. <laughs> we had 40 raised beds, we had fruit trees, uh, raspberries. I mean, it was my own little, you know, I could live off my land essentially in my in my backyard. It was great. So I've actually gotten into farming a little bit too. Um, you know, in the last kind of five years or a few years I spent managing um, the nursery there in Corvallis, I got into growing annuals as well, and I loved growing hanging baskets. Um, it just was fun making all the different combinations, and um, I really took a lot of pride into all the annuals and baskets that I grew, you know, the quality, making sure that when those came up for our customers, they were top-notch. You know, they represented what our nursery was and what customers came out for, you know, the quality, the uniqueness. And so, you know, that has kind of evolved into where my dream is um, now, you know, and of course, other things too. I always tend to have my hands in a little bit of everything. <laughs> I work uh, part time in the wine industry too, so what? my vision is. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, I'm I, too much. <laughs> but so my vision is now kind of moved from not just a garden center, um, but a garden center farm, and eventually cafe and vineyard. Hmm. So that that's the overall you know envision for my plan. And you're talking about doing this with with your husband Josh. Yep, yeah. So, yeah, my husband Josh and I have um, been together quite some time, been married over seven years now, and uh, we both, you know, met, actually we met in bug class at Oregon State. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we both have a background in horticulture, and uh, he's always been very supportive of my dream, and, you know, it's kind of uh, now become both of our dreams to build this, you know, um, garden center and farm where, you know, it's an inviting place for everybody where we're really a part of the community. You know, people can come out, get their plants, get their produce, hang out with us. You know, it's somewhere that they really want to be. But it's also somewhere where we want to raise our kids, too. Um, I mean, I can only hope that one day, I don't have the kids yet, but <laughs> I can only hope that one day the kids we do have will want to take over mom and dad's nursery, you know. Um, so, and I think, it, you know, I don't want to have to put my kids in daycare. I want them to grow up and learn about plants and you know, be involved. And if they want to take that on, great, you know. Well, it does sound great. And so you have your eyes on a a property, I understand. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we're um, right now we've, uh, we're in the works of uh, purchasing 40 acres uh, in the Salem area. So uh, I actually started my business um, on a small scale. Um, When I left the nursery, I was managing in Corvallis. I 
had you know the option. I could either take another job in the nursery where I knew I would be committed for several years because um, that's how I am, or I could start my own. And my husband and I kind of looked at each other and said, well, it's the time. You always said you would own your own nursery by the time you're 30. So <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got going. Uh, the first year I had I had clients that, um, you know, when I left the, the nursery in Carvallis, they were clients that I'd had there, and I knew I couldn't, you know, take them with me. So, you know, I left, kind of went on to do my own thing, and within, you know, six, eight months, somehow they had all found me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, we want you to still do our baskets. They're beautiful. We love your work, you know, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I ended up, uh, get, you know, leasing a small amount of greenhouse space um, the spring of 2012 and growing um I think I grew about 75 baskets, including the ones for my clients, and, you know, did all their planters and everything, too. So, it was, you know, very minimal start, but, um, you know, I sold the baskets through word of mouth to family friends and, you know, their family and friends, and then in uh, this spring, I knew that I was going to have to expand on that. I mean, I had people, you know, calling me even after all my baskets were sold out in 2012 saying, oh, I, I saw your baskets, you know, at a friend's house. I want some, and... So last year I leased a 30 by, well, I guess technically this season, but leased a 30 by 96 greenhouse, grew about 500 hanging baskets, and the rest of it filled with annuals, perennials, vegetables, um, herbs, and I signed up for the farmer's markets um, in my local area in Salem. So I did Salem, and then there's a really cute little town called Independence that's really close to Salem. So uh, my husband and I did the farmer's markets from April to mid-June, and Sold out, sold out of everything by about June 8th, so no. it's really fun. <laughs> uh, you made me think of so many things to ask you, but I definitely want to tell people <laughs> that we're going to have pictures of, I hope, of at least one of your hanging baskets oh, sure. on the website, uh, kendrewsrealdirt.com. And I, I can see, I, I'm just, in my mind, I'm following you. <laughs> and I'm following you <laughs> to this 40-acre site in the vineyard. So this will become a destination. And yes. people already know you, so I guess uh, an easy trip to your future nursery site will be something that just people will do. Probably, let's hope they go every week. Yeah, yeah, and we, and that's you know that's exactly how you know we want it to be. We want there to be a lot of involvement in community. Um, you know, on that property, we're we're going to have display gardens. I feel that you know it's important for people to see what they're purchasing out in the landscape. So I want to dedicate several acres to display gardens. I want to have trial gardens um, where, you know, people can come out and see different vegetable selections, new annuals, so that they know, you know, oh, next year when I buy that plant, it's a great plant. Um, and I know, too, you know, I make it very, it's very important to me to grow items that my customers are going to be successful with. So, um, you know, aside from trial gardens, we're going to um, put in an area for community gardens. Mm. We're also going to um, dedicate about two to three acres of the property to educational gardens as well. Um, so that schools can come out and have it be part of their curriculum to learn about plants, learn how to grow. You know, they can grow baskets and mums and crops and take it back to their school and sell it and, you know, take that income and, and put it into their school. So, we, you know, we got a lot, kind of a lot, you know, on deck to, to happen. But, um, you know, that's I think that's the way the garden center models, you know, definitely need to move. I mean, the old standard isn't isn't working anymore. Mm -hmm. So you've got to diversify. You've got to make it meaningful for people in their lives and connect with them and, and help enrich their lives on levels that, 
you know, they may not be being reached right now. I talk to a lot of people who are, and we usually discuss the the soft market and how things are bad and and how people are interested in so many things besides gardening and they're so busy tweeting or on Facebook mm-hmm. or playing tennis or there's so many distractions and so many attractions for right. for different things. But talking to you, I'm I'm like all energized now. <laughs> <laughs> I get, I get torn by those distractions, too. <laughs> but, you know, half the time it's, you know, seeing plants on Facebook or Instagram or whatnot. And, but, you know, and definitely if, you know, folks want to keep up with, you know, where we're at, they can certainly, um, you know, follow us. Uh, we we are on Facebook. Uh, we're on Instagram, Pinterest, uh, Twitter. Wow. <laughs> and our website will be up here by the very by the end of the month. So I've been, been working hard to, to get that, and uh, we're just kind of finalizing getting all the pictures and everything on it, and we should have our website up and running by the end of the month. So That's that'll great. Be, I'm excited for that, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll put as many links as we can on the radio <laughs> website, and I've been speaking with Crystal Katie about uh, the future of horticulture, and now I think horticulture has a future <laughs> and gardening. <laughs> it sure does. Oh, I'm thrilled to talk with you, and thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. See you again next week for another edition of Ken Drew's Real Dirt, The Garden Show. 